Hello, and welcome back to the Model Shop Podcast. My name is Theo, and I'll be your host as we explore the early days of Walt Disney Imagineering. We'll get to know some incredible people, experience extinct attractions, and always be on the lookout for some extra pixie dust. What is the meaning of life? While it may seem like an unanswerable question, I think that everyone, even if subconsciously, forms their own answer in the way that they live and how they approach every day's challenges and successes. The Imagineer that we're looking at today certainly had a beautiful answer to this question, which I'll talk about at the end of this episode. But for now, let's focus on less complicated matters, like childhood. You probably aren't listening to a Disney history podcast with hopes that the conversation will turn too philosophical. Ken Anderson was born on March 17, 1909 in Seattle, Washington. While in college at the University of Washington, he had the amazing opportunity to study in Europe, and he returned to the United States with a college degree and quite a few paintings that would prove useful a few years down the road. Ken moved out to California after college and worked as a sketch artist and then for MGM Studios for a bit, but his real life's passion during that time was the hours spent on the beach with his wife, practically living out of his car and subsisting mostly off of canned beans and similar foods. It was in this relaxed sort of way that Ken actually came to work for Disney. One day, he honestly, literally, just decided to get a job at Disney. While Harper Goff was literally falling over at the sight of Walt Disney and Exitensio was running through the streets screaming in delight after getting his job at the studios, Ken Anderson decided on a whim that it might be fun. He and his wife were driving past the studios and she suggested that he try and get a job there. Ken pointed out, rightly, that he didn't have any training in animation. He had gone to architecture school and gotten that degree, but when he emerged into the job market in 1933, there was very little architecture work to be had. One firm actually offered him work if he paid them, but believe it or not, he turned down that offer. He told his wife this, that he couldn't draw cartoons, and she simply replied, yes you can. So he decided to see if she was right. He unearthed some paintings he had done while studying in Europe and showed them to Walt Disney. Walt liked them. In Ken Anderson, he saw the potential of real, beautiful art and animation, a reversal of this assumption at that time that animators weren't really artists, but just people who could draw stick figures and make things move. Ken Anderson got the job. Though animator wasn't his first choice job, he worked on Silly Symphonies near the very beginning of his career, two of which ended up winning Academy Awards. How's that for not real art, huh? Soon, Ken was working in layout, putting some of his architectural skills to good use, though not nearly as much as he one day would. He thoroughly enjoyed this job because he said it was a heck of a challenge, which I think definitely gives you a glimpse into the meaning of life while we'll coming back. His first work on a feature film was also the Walt Disney Company's first work on a feature film, as Ken Anderson was the art director for the iconic Snow White and the Seven Dwarves. He created models of the dwarves' house, and other animators used that as reference. And Dopey's ability to wiggle his ears was based on Ken's own unique talent. Art director seemed to fit Ken Anderson quite well, as he retained the position for Pinocchio, Fantasia, and the Reluctant Dragon. 
His style heavily influenced the Alice in Wonderland film, his layout skills were integral to Peter Pan, and he led production design of many other Disney classics, including Sleeping Beauty. He even tried his hand at creating characters both in The Jungle Book and Pete's Dragon, and he became a technological innovator as he blended animation and live-action footage in Song of the South and Pete's Dragon. Essentially, Ken Anderson touched every classic Disney film from his time, and certainly earned his reputation as the jack-of-all-trades of the Disney company, as Walt Disney liked to call him. Ken knew each character, background, and mood for each movie better than anyone else, aside from, of course, Walt Disney. And this knowledge would prove extremely useful in his next assignment. It was not a difficult decision for Walt Disney to include Ken Anderson, one of his nine old men, on his new and secret team of people who would create Disneyland. Ken Anderson was exactly the kind of Imagineer that everyone would hope for. He had an architectural background and a deep knowledge of Disney films, so it's no surprise that the majority of Ken's work in Disneyland happened in the iconic Fantasyland. Almost every film that became an attraction was a film on which Ken had directly worked, often in a leadership position. He already thought in three dimensions, having attended architecture school, so turning these films into three-dimensional experiences must have been very logical for him, like finally speaking the language he knew so well. If Walt Disney was the king of Disneyland, then Ken Anderson was the king of Fantasyland. He led all efforts to create and design this timeless land, and even once the original iteration was done, and he was once again working on animation, this time for Sleeping Beauty. He returned to his beloved Fantasyland to design the storybook land canal boats, and after the film's completion, the Sleeping Beauty castle walkthrough attraction. After much more work, including on ideas for the Haunted Mansion and various projects in global parks, Ken Anderson retired from the company in 1978, but was a consultant on New Fantasyland in 1983, ensuring that the same charm and nostalgia he achieved in the original was not lost in the update. I think, personally, that he did a fantastic job. Once you've finished walking through and admiring Fantasyland, if you want to thank Mr. Anderson for his many contributions to the land, to the movies, and the company that represents magic and childhood, I suggest you pause for a moment outside the Market House on Main Street, USA, and keep your eyes peeled for a rather large fish on a second floor window. Why? Because, inspired by his love for fly fishing, the window honoring Ken Anderson and his incredible legacy reads Ken Anderson, Bait Co., featuring a happy little illustration of a fish. Well, we've made our way through the childhood and fantasy, so it's once again time to talk about the meaning of life. One of the reasons why I so admire Ken Anderson as an Imagineer and as a person. He clearly achieved many things in his life, but that was not the way he saw his work. No, he wasn't in it for awards. Instead of imagining his life in achievements, he simply desired to be able to constantly improve, as he put it. He loved a challenge, he loved to learn, and I think that's one of the reasons why he was uniquely suited to create the fantasy land and fantasy films we all cherish. He created and innovated out of joy and love, and so it was joy and love that shined through from his work. So, for Pixie Dust today, I want you to make like Ken Anderson and give a little love and joy to something or someone. A project, a pet, a friend, a poem, a piece of art, anything. And see if you can't create your own little miniature fantasy land out of it. I really hope that you all enjoy this episode of the Model Shop Podcast. 
Have a fantastic day, and I will see you all real soon.